what are we? Week 15, Dave? Week 15. We're, we're running out of time to spend with our best friend, Scott Hansen. Handsome Scott Hansen. Four games left. The playoff picture is not as clear as we had thought last week, maybe? Things are definitely getting muddled. Up is down. Down is up. There are no good teams. There are a lot of bad teams. You know what? That's all good. And that's why we're going into the spread. spread. All right, just give you guys another clear picture or lack thereof with the playoffs. AFC, the one seed now is the Baltimore Ravens at 10 and 3, Miami Dolphins 9 and 4. As the two seed, they would play the Indianapolis Colts at 7 and 6. The three versus six matchup would be the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then the four versus five matchup would be Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the Cleveland Browns. Eight would be right now is Houston Texans at 7 and 6. Denver Broncos at seven and six at nine. Ten is Cincinnati Bengals at seven and six. And then your beloved Buffalo Bills, number 11 at seven and six. That is six teams at seven and six, Dave. What a mess. (laughs) What a mess indeed. Yeah. I mean, it's just the very uh, muddled playoff picture right now in the AFC. Don't. I mean, I think, you know, my takeaway of it is is don't let the Bills get in there if you're the rest of the AFC because I think it's very it's you can make a pretty clear argument that the Bills might be the best team in the AFC. I, you know, they they don't have they're they're sitting there you know seven and six they're they're going to need to play well down the stretch just to get in but you're talking about a team that that has you know the statistical the, the profile of an over nine win team right now. Um, you know they obviously just get a huge win as we'll, as we'll talk about against the chiefs they're playing josh allen i think probably arguably playing the best football of any quarterback in the afc right now uh, and i mean they're scary and nobody else really has stood out every time we think you know the dolphins right. are in pole position they drop one the chiefs are in pole position they're on a big losing streak Baltimore is winning games, but you know, even the, the losses that they have had have you know don't really give you a ton of confidence in them. You know, blowing that game to Pittsburgh earlier in the season, etc. I mean, struggle struggling with a team that's not in the playoffs in the NFC right now this past week in the Rams. But I guess you'd have to give the advantage to to the Ravens. You know, seven of eight they've won. I think we'll find out a lot about the Ravens, if not. This Sunday night against the Jaguars, then definitely next Monday night against the 49ers. So I think, I think we'll know a lot, a lot more. Yeah, and I think what, what's killer is the Bills right now and just a lot of the tiebreakers are going to have to really probably win out or go, what, three and one the rest of the way. They're, they're going to go, you know, needed to go four and one. They get took care of the Chiefs. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, I see Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati has a tiebreaker over them. Denver has the head-to-head as well. 
Um, so it's an uphill climb, but we'll, we'll talk about it too, about some of the matchups, Colts, Steelers, Texans, I think are in a bit of trouble in terms of just Steelers and, and Texans for sure. I think just with things going on and injuries are, are in a bit of trouble. Yeah. I mean, still, still muddy, whether or not we're even going to see CJ Stroud this weekend, tanked out injury, Nico Collins also banged up. It's just not the same team that was playing so well about a month ago. And the defensive deficiencies on the team, you know, starting to to shine through and it's just not a super talented defense especially the front seven um and so they're sort of fading here pittsburgh obviously no quarterback uh, you know just a brutal loss to to the patriots on thursday night football last week but it's it's definitely i mean you if the i think the important thing with the, the bills is like in their little, the two game really, really hard stretch here that they had with, with the Chiefs and the Cowboys. I think the more important one for the playoff picture was the Chiefs just getting the conference win, you know, and then after the Cowboys, they, by no means is it easy, but they close with three straight conference games as well. So if they're going to drop one, it's probably, they probably prefer for tiebreaker's sake to, to have it be against uh, an NFC team in the Cowboys. But that getting that, I mean, Again, we talked about this last week, getting that win against the Chiefs. Like, if they'd lost, they wouldn't be eliminated or anything, but it would have been real tough down the stretch um, yeah. to get to, to get in if you're them. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, Jag- even just for – it'll be interesting, that three and four seed between the Chiefs and the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I mean, neither team playing great. Obviously, the Chiefs have the, have the head-to-head. Right, head. right. But Tied call me crazy. I mean, I, I think with the schedule and what the Dolphins did last week, losing to the Titans, you know, and we can move to the NFC next. You know, I think the Chiefs have – they're out playing basically backups the re- the last four games of the year. So I, there there's a case to be made. They finished 12-5. and five. You never know with the Ravens. They got the Jags right this upcoming weekend. I mean, I think they can still be in the mix for the one seed. I think that's the odds are very, very slim. Don't get me wrong, but there is still a path. But the Chiefs still well, have to win, right? So they're, they're helped also by the, the tiebreaker against the, the Dolphins with head-to-head win in Germany and Jags and the Jags. Yeah. So I mean, I think they're only probably a little disadvantaged if we're talking about going up against the, the Ravens in, in a tiebreaker situation. But on the other hand, I think what three of the three of the Chiefs five losses are against NFC teams. So they could they could actually be in an advantageous position there as well. Absolutely. But to win your win your games and see what happens if you're the Chiefs, you got you gotta play a lot better. But as you said, they have a chance, you know, to 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 get the momentum going back. Yeah, so so I think that what's interesting now, moving to the NFC, where there's six teams right in the AFC that are seven and six. So there's a lot of I think teams above 500. The NFC not as much, right? But I think it's top heavy in terms of really good teams, right? So the one seed is San Francisco 49ers at 10 and three. They've already clinched the playoff spot with that Packers loss. The two versus seven matchup would be the Dallas Cowboys hosting the Green Bay Packers. Three versus six would be the Detroit Lions hosting the Minnesota Vikings. And then you got Tampa as well hosting the Philadelphia Eagles because they're the NFC South division winner at six and seven hosting the 10 and three Eagles. Eight is 
the Los Angeles Rams at six and seven, Seahawks six and seven, Falcons six and seven, Saints six and seven. Out of those four, there, I, I think the Rams are the most dangerous team to probably get into the playoffs. Falcons, Saints. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the Saints are doing. I, I mean, we talk about every attack via text. Like, play Jameis. Good God, man, Derek Carr's dead. Like, it's, it's terrible. I mean, the the thing that the out of any other teams, really, if you go uh, all of the the you know teams past the Eagles, really, uh, go, you know, from from five on down, and, and the Eagles are still advantageous situation to finish as the two seed or even the one seed based on tiebreakers, but just technically the Cowboys have the tiebreaker as of today. Um, the thing that the Rams have is they, I mean, it, it's gone real under the radar, but Stafford is having a terrific season. He's playing some of the best football I think I've ever seen him play. He is just slinging. And, you know, Jordan Love is, has had a pretty good second half of the season, except with the exception of this past week. All of those teams, once you get past the five seed, have serious questions and quarterback, whether it's health or just poor play. I mean, know, look so at the Vikings, think, right? Going to Mullins already, right? Yeah. So they're, they're, they moved on from Dobbs, who was, uh, again, terrible in a 3-0 win against the Raiders. But, yeah, I mean, I think I think the Cowboys are in a great spot too, right? Being either the two or the five seed. I mean, I think they can obviously, you know, obviously they're in play for the one seed. That's you would love to have that. But I think either way, if you're kind of in that five seed spot too, I mean, that's a very winnable game. You just have to go on the road. I, I see the Lions falling off a little bit. We can talk about their matchup, obviously, later on in, in the episode. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's top heavy for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of clear when you just look at all these teams and their conference. I think it's clear that, you know, the 49ers are in a completely different stratosphere as any other team as long as Debo's sell healthy right (laughs) and McCaffrey it's it's Debo McCaffrey and Trent Williams I mean let's not forget he got hurt he got hurt and you know he's not finished three games this season and that was the three games that they lost so I think he you can't oversell state his importance to this this team but I think it's clear you know the 49ers are you know, much better than any team in the NFC. I guess we'll get, we'll find, we'll find out how the Ravens stack up against them here in a week, week, week and a half or so. But I mean, my initial read on that game, even if both teams are going healthy, you know, don't get too banged up this weekend. Is I would say the 49ers are probably going to be favored by four, five, six, yeah. you know, points in that game easily. So. We'll see, I guess. You know, the AFC, it's it's muddled on top. The NFC is just sort of a mess from, a, you know, about the three the three seed on down. So, but yeah, you know, whoever loses the NFC East likely is going to, to be playing a road game at the NFC South, which you know, I, think, I think it'll probably be Tampa Bay again, but could also be the Falcons, could also be the Saints. They'll be heavy favorites. Who? <laughs> I You're going off on a goal. limb there, Dave, with those three teams. Yeah. You're going. To- <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I think either the Cowboys or Eagles would be heavy, heavy favorites yeah. going even going on the road. Maybe a little bit less so in New Orleans. With you know, it's it's a lot intimidating. Nobody's scared about going into Tampa. You know, nobody's scared about going into Atlanta and playing Desmond Ritter. So 
No, it's, yeah, it's just a mess. I mean, the Saints go to Jameis. I, I, the, the fans are, I think, a little restless in New Orleans. They kind of just see the writing on the wall with that quarterback play as well. And that there's been, you know, booze. But yeah, I think it's like you said, 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles really are just the team teams that I think are yeah. going to, you know, one of those three are going to come out of the NFC. So, but th- that is our playoff picture for week 15. And we'll be back in a second. All right, we're, we're back in the fan zone. Let's talk about that Ooh. Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs game. So, so my thought is this quickly. My big frustration is he was offsides, right? Uh, I'm not, not disputing that. I think, and there's no conspiracy for me. I think the, the frustrating part is there are examples of him, him being offsides throughout the game that probably should have been called that I think if this is a point of emphasis, probably should have been called earlier in the game instead of at a point like this in the game. He did not look to the ref to see if he's on sides. That, yeah. Uh, time and time again, you continually put this guy out on the field and he makes mistakes and it hurts your team. Similar to Sky Moore, you continue to put this guy out there on the field and they continue to make mistakes. They're, this offense lacks discipline. It it lacks, for me, it, it's a likability piece too. I, I think it's an unlikable group of offensive players from the, the skill positions other than, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey. Uh, I do like Rasheed Rice. I think he's got a lot of potential, but um, he is going to make those rookie mistakes like the fumble that he had. And he just can't make the intermediate or deep routes really work for him. So we have to kind of have, make him a gadget slash screen guy. But I, I just think at some point the, the frustration boiled over for Mahomes. Would you agree? Like that was, I think that was more of him just being pissed at, you know, he's done everything he, he can do. And that, you know, wide receiver room continues to let him down. And it was more so, it wasn't the call. It was more so them continuing to let him down was the venting part. That's what I believe the anger comes from, but then Andy Reed at some point needs to say figure you gotta, you gotta say like, Hey, we've made a mistake here and you really need to hunker down and figure out like, okay, Rasheed Rice, who's my other wide receiver I can put out there. Uh, Cause it is just, I mean, in the second half, they are just a brutal team. Uh, and I, I don't see a fix. I, I just MVS, you know, I, I think we should try Richie James and I think Justin Ross coming back this week. You, you got to try it. But I mean, those are just kind of my thoughts. And I always jokingly text you text my dad about Juwan Taylor being that $84 million mistake because he ha- is the most penalized offensive lineman in the league. And Yes, it's, you know, it's, he's Elaine Johnson going early, but they are watching you, dude. And he is good for one hold to, to kill the drive. And that's kind of where I'm at, you know, <laughs> from, from my perspective of the game. I mean, I think on the Mahomes piece, I think, you know, I think he's, he's frustrated with the wide receivers. I think it's more he sort of bit his tongue after, you know, much more egregious officiating things 
you know, earlier in the season, yeah. you know, the, the mispass interference, things like that. And I think it's more, he, his, you know, it's a little easier to do that when you're not losing multiple games in a row. You know, it's a, it's a little easier to do that. I mean, you know, your wits in with the wide receiver room. And so I think it's just sort of like, you know, he wasn't, I, in terms of just a, with the officiating, I don't think he was mad necessarily. I don't think he was as mad about the, the the calling the 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 penalty on Kadarius Tony as he was that made him harken back to how mad he actually was earlier in the season and he just sort of you know boiled over and, and just sort of a culmination of things I think it was just sort of it all added up and he just sort of snapped a little bit in a way we haven't really seen before I mean I just don't it seems like now the second most trusted is like Justin Watson, really, of the wide receiver bunch. You know, other than Rasheed, you know, Rasheed White Rice, I think at least it seems like the whole coaching staff is like, okay, that's basically the every down, yeah. no matter what guy. It seems like, you know, Valdez, Scant- Scantling, and Sky Moore getting phased out a little bit, you know, d- down below, you know, under 40% of the snaps. But mm-hmm. then I, I don't really, it's like, Justin Watson's the only other guy over 50% of the snaps. Like, That's why I say Richie so. James, man, should be added in. And Justin, Ro- like, what? Like, and then, so I have another, like, flip side thing that I'm a little, little just confused about, too, about whole, you know, the NFL rules or whatever. Von Miller got accused of, like, domestic abuse. Justin Ross, R- Ross heard the Chiefs put him on, you know, the unplayable list, Exempt, right? Exempt list. Yeah. And Miller... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Like, look, that's per team, right? Whatever. But like, that was another thought of mine. Like, you know, he gets suspended. I, then I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I and I'm I not going. Just, I was just, I was just thinking of like, it's it's was strange to me based on the way these things have been handled in the last couple of years with the league. Why Miller is is eligible to play it seems like they pretty much usually if it's just happened mm-hmm. they'll they'll stick them on the commissioner exempt list while they sort through you know what happens and what and investigate further so i, I don't really it is, it is weird to me that he's a just allowed to play by the league and then b that the the bills are also just fine with like, that, right. And, and, and I don't want to go down that route of what, you know, what's right or wrong there. Right. It's I think per organization, they can decide. I think that's fair. But also it just seems like, you know, obviously it's Justin Ross. Com- you're comparing to Von Miller. Right. Von Miller is a superstar in terms of, you know, on the defensive line. Maybe not as, you know, but I, I, the takeaway for me is. I think this Wanya, am I even saying it right? Wanya Morris on the left tackle came came in for Donovan Smith and started for him. I thought he was, I think he's the real deal. I, I think he can, he's going to be able to hold up. I think he should play the rest of the year. Let's see what we have in him. Uh, at some, I mean, I know we're not going to do this, but Juwan Taylor should probably be, should have probably sat down. I know we, we did, you know, early on in the year. Didn't he get replaced for a few snaps, right? But he's just been a nightmare, and you know, I don't. Was he similar to this with Jacksonville? Do you know? He has, so from a penalty standpoint, I was just looking this up earlier. He, uh, he he's already at double the amount of penalties this season as he's had in other season. Incredible. Career. 
So, I mean, no, not obviously, like, I think he had, I'll go back and double check this, but he had, I think he had like seven penalties last season. Um, and, and what, 16, so 15. Now, so last season he had, last season with the Jags in 17 games, he had one holding, three false starts, and one declined off sides. So six penalties total. Year before wow. that, six. Year before that, seven. So, so this is a, a it, it's an outlier, but it's bad. Yeah, I mean, we're we're talking fifteen penalties in thirteen games here, and nineteen penalties in forty nine games in his career before this season. So, much much worse this season. So, I don't know if this is something maybe. You would think if it was just as simple of a, a technique thing, you could get that fixed up over three months, you know, over the course of three months. But Or I don't know if he's playing through an injury or it's in his head or you need to see it, send him to a sports yeah. psychiatrist. Like, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I think where you're – you he isn't really – he's – not to say that that isn't a huge problem, but he's not really like, I think he'd already be benched if he was getting smoked, you know, and committing penalties. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's one of those things where if you, you, you have no choice, if he's playing well, other than the penalties, you know, you have no choice, but to leave him right, out there. And right. Hope, well, hope but, but this is a team, you know, we texted about, I think the team misses Juju Smith Schuster, which is, absolutely absurd but he's that intermediate eight to ten yards you need to find you know get continue the drive first down that we're missing right and but we're not the team I guess my point was that you continually have these penalties we're not gonna go over the top right deep we're we're methodical it, it going down the field and this team just continually goes second and 20 first and 20. Kind of thing, and, and Mahomes it's, it's is not just... a good enough. It's not a good op. I think it's proven over the course. We're in week fourteen now. You know, it's not a good enough offense to to consistently overcome getting behind the sticks. It needs to stay stay ahead of schedule. You know, it needs you, you to Pacheco to put you in second and six. You know, third and four type situations, and it's not good enough to consistently overcome a second and twenty type. No situation. It's just you don't have that downfield situation. In those situations, everybody knows, you know, either you're going vertical down the field to MBS or you're going over the middle, you know, to on a scene to Travis Kelsey and they're yeah. running up against that and it's it's no one else is able to get up. And my takeaway too is this Josh Allen is a freaking dude that is really hard to get down. And uh I thought our defense played well enough. Uh, obviously, we, we had that. I, I will say their clock management in the fourth quarter uh, uh, with like, what, 220 left was absolutely appalling. And they were lucky to get out of that piece. And then the Kelsey play, obviously, on the false offensive offsides was, man, that would have been gone down as one of the craziest things ever. But it is what it is, man. Um, and, and I see your, your note here. Like, this is a great point too, right? You, um, they've dropped wide receiver room has dropped 8% of passes from Mahomes this year. Worst drop rate by any group of wide receivers over the past decade by far, right? Second worst this season is the jets at 5.1%. Last year, the chiefs were at five, right? So, um, 
penalties and then the drops, you're just against the eight ball. And then it's, it's just not a Kelsey. They're saving him. That That's what I truly believe. Getting him, keeping him healthy for the playoffs, but that he's lost a little bit and it is what it is. He's 34 years old. He's got some interest. Supposedly Tony Romo, you know, he's got a wife now, but you know, I, Look, they're going to get into the playoffs. They're still going to be dangerous. We're probably going to play on the road for one of those games. Uh, They're in every game. So if you can limit mistakes, I still think this team can make the Super Bowl. Call me crazy, but it's going to be a very uphill battle. And I do not want to see the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs if I was any team in the AFC, to be honest, because I think Josh Allen, if he was eight and five, nine, nine and four, he would be in the MVP discussion, but that's for another day too. But that play that he made falling out of the, uh, off the sideline. I mean, you just get pissed, but you're also like, I, you know, as someone I, you want to, you want to always be like, go get his arm. So he can't throw, right? Like, I don't care what else you grab, grab his arm. So he doesn't throw that darn ball, but great, great play by him. And you know, Hey, the bills got one. We'll see. But uh, the chiefs, They've got the Pats this weekend. We'll, we'll talk about that more, but uh, it's just—it's been a frustrating year. Hat's been thrown several times, and all that good stuff, and, and some some explicits. But let's let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys. A little bit more happy, joyous time for you, Dave. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think my my takeaway from this game was not. I thought if the Cowboys played a B B plus game, they would win handily. I mean. To me, I we've played eight quarters between these two teams in the last five weeks, and I think both teams are very much aware of who the team was. You know, the Eagles were very lucky they to, to escape the first game. You know, got a bunch of breaks their way. Whether it's you know someone stepping an inch out of out of bounds or someone's knee being down or whatever, a fraction of a yard from the the goal line or recovering your own fumbles. So I'm not really surprised that the Cowboys handily won the game. That's more or less what I was expecting. But I, I definitely was surprised to see the Eagles offense not get into the end zone. I thought it would be, you know, I thought the Cowboys offense would just sort of boat race them in a more high scoring game. I, I thought we were looking at something that was like 41, 27, 38, 24, something like that. And so the, the Eagles offense not getting in the end zone, I think, Definitely an alarming thing for for the Eagles. Just they're just not playing well. Uh, the defense has has been pretty overrated all year, and now I think people are finally just realizing that that defense sucks. I I, I said before the season I that secondary was not good, and it continues to not be good. You know, Hassan Reddick basically is the only legitimate pass rush threat that where, they have game in game out. Where's the Georgia guy they drafted? Not Carter, the other guy. Was it Nolan Jordan Smith? Davis? No, oh, the, the, the linebacker, Nolan Smith. Yeah, yeah he he's, he's played he's played some and but I think I mean they have two they have they have two Georgia linebackers. They have a uh, Nicobe Dean. Yeah, yeah, but but Smith was more Nolan of a, a rusher though, right? Yeah, yeah, he was a little more versatile, more, more a little bit more of a pass rusher. He's played but not yeah. made a huge impact so far. And and I mean it, it just it wasn't really it wasn't really close that you had the one play, the the fumble return, if you're the, the scoop and score fumble return for the Eagles. But other than that, the offense did pretty much like whatever they wanted in the first half. It bogged down a little. I definitely not 
probably Dak's worst game in two months, and it was still pretty good, which just shows the level that he's playing at right now. The, the offense didn't play great, but and they still easily put up 33 and probably should have put up more than that. I think Dak's com- comment after the game was, if I, if I play you know, a better game, we would have put up 50 tonight. And I think that's pretty, pretty clear. But he was still, I think, pretty good. You know, that they, they, they drew up a good plan to take advantage of that Eagles secondary, that targeting and breaking routes to the receivers. He was 13 for 103 yards for two touchdowns. And, you know, he, he threw into tight windows, which I think was a little bit of a more of an issue last season, more often than he had all, all season to this game. But he also did it re- really well, 99 yards on tight window passing targets which is the most of any quarterback this season mentioned the georgia guys tyler smith just continues to have i would be shocked if he wasn't you know all pro at left guard there just completely shut down jalen carter and jordan davis going up against them they were completely i mean jalen carter jordan davis i think has been over you know a year and a half now a little maybe a little bit of a disappointment based on what Nasty. He's really, really, yeah. really good. And both of those guys were just non-existent. Had a combined zero pressures on 44 pass rush snaps and one combined run stop on 34 run snaps. So just the interior of the Cowboys offensive lines, especially Tyler Smith, just mm-hmm. erased those guys. And if you do that, then they all really just almost entirely rely on Hassan. He he did get home. You know, he's 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 played well for them all season long. He's the one guy that really kind of pops in that front seven. But if if you can neutralize the other guys, you can draw up, you know, you can chip Hassan Reddick. You can you can do enough to, to give your quarterback time. And that's I think offensively, it was not really it wasn't a game where the Cowboys really even had to like do that much. You know, that you saw them do a couple wide receiver runs, end rounds to take advantage of how bad the the, te- the Eagles secondary ta- tackles in space. I honestly feel like they they kind of pulled it back in the second half and played a little conservative. They probably didn't want to show much on tape, right? Right, right, yeah. And, you know, maybe I'm sure this kind of game, the importance of the game, I'm sure you have a lot, you know, drawn up if you needed to do it. And 24-6 at halftime, and let's, let's save them for another day. You know. As I mentioned, the Eagles offense, first time since October of 2016 that they did not score a touchdown. So I think we're talking year one of the Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz era. Crazy. I have to go back that far. You know, they did, I, th- I think, a great job. And, you know, they, they to me, it looked like the way they were playing the game was, let's take care of those other guys, you know, the, the Olamide Zacchaeus, the, the Quez Watkins, those kind of guys that will kill you down the field let's let you know, let them throw it to Devonte and aj and Goddard, but keep those guys in front of us and let and make them march down the field and i just don't think this this eagles offense is good enough to do that consistently you know aj brown has nine catches but but gilmore just tackled him immediately on almost all of them i think they were not necessarily trying to keep the ball out of his hands they were just saying okay we'll let you throw it to him in front of the sticks and then we're going to tackle him. It was a terrific game by, by Stefan Gilmore. Nine, nine solo tackles and a fourth fumble. And held, uh, held A.J. Brown to, to 31 yards after the catch on those nine catches. Wow. So I think that was really the key to the, 
that was the key to the, the defensive game plan, and they, they executed it really well. And then Marquise Bell continues to be a real weapon for them, and it would be one thing I think he would be interesting to see that if they got a second matchup in the playoffs against San Francisco, I think you know, that's someone who basically a converted safety playing at linebacker who, you know, Leighton Banderash in that position before in that first matchup gets hurt. And Bell has that speed that maybe those those guys going over to the, mid, the middle, Debo Samuel, you know, McCaffrey, those guys can maybe keep up with them a little better than Banderash, who's a little on the lumbering side. So, I mean, the Eagles, I think we've talked about them all season. You were, I think, had a little bit more belief in them than I did. Uh, 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 yes, yes. But I think, I think it's kind of safe to say they're a bit of a – fraudulent 10, 10 win team, you know, just <laughs> them and the chiefs maybe are just similar in that way. I mean, I did think there was going to be a glimmer of hope for them when that fumble recovery for a touchdown. Yeah. Right. I, I thought, okay, maybe, you know, the, the Cowboys of old would give them that opportunity to maybe get back in the game. But I thought you guys were good, you know, fr- from that perspective and, and you just looked like the more dominant team. The team, the game just looked in hand from, I think, the first kind of series where yeah, that, the Cowboys, Cowboys had it under control. Yeah, I mean, I think the the play there after that fumble return for the touchdown was the, the Eagles did get them once on that ensuing drive into, I think it was third and 12, third or 13, third and 13. And I think that, that was your chance if you're the, you know, you really swing the momentum back you can get off the field if you're the Eagles on that. And that was the play that the deck hits Ferguson over the middle and he breaks away from the guy and ends up being like a 30 yard gain. So from that point on, it was just sort of like, okay, they're going to get points on this drive, stretch the lead back out to two touchdowns. And then that was pretty much all they, all she wrote. It definitely, I think had the feel of a game that that was a point where they would have choked it away under Jason Garrett and back, you know, in the, yes. in that yes. wonderful, era but it's you know yeah it'll be interesting to see how the eagles bounce back it'll be interesting to see you know i think the eagles as much as i don't think they're that good of a team i think in their defense they played back-to-back games against two teams that were better than them who were also on extra rest over them so not a very favorable schedule situation for them and i just think over the last couple weeks you know they've, they've gotten some real luck you know, to beat the Bills, to beat the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and it just sort of ran out. I think the defense has been on the field a lot lately, too. I, I don't think that helps, right? Uh, coming off that bye, like you said, that schedule was just brutal. What was it, Chiefs, Bills, Cowboys, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, if you want to even – if you want to extend it out further, I think this, like, it's either the five or the, the six-game stretch here that they – if you know, go back to the Sunday nighter against the Dolphins. It was Dolphins, Commanders, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys. So that's, that's a hell of a, that's a hell of a run. And, you know, the only soft game in there was against the Commanders who played them really well. So that wasn't an easy one either. I think that defense has been on the field a lot and, you know, not, not, you know, going down the stretch, it, it maybe looks a little harder than you would have thought. With they, they do have the two games against Tommy Tommy DeVito and the the resurgent Giants, so 
We'll see, but I think they, as long as they're able to to go out and play well on Monday night, I think they're still in the pole position for the division. It's going to be interesting. It's you guys got a tough one. We'll we'll talk about later on uh, with the Bills upcoming this weekend. Uh, but I think the Eagles are a little bit at that crossroads. You want to give that stat you got there? I think that's a good one too. About um, yeah. So of the 106 teams since the year 2000 with 10 plus wins through the, through the 14th week of the season, Philly ranks 103rd out of those 106 teams in point differential. They are a mere on the season plus 21. Um, wow. So you know. The, that's they have the if you look at the they have the win the statistical profile based off point differential of a seven and sixteen, so that is that is that is pretty stark. We'll see where they end up down the stretch, but definitely I think this is a gut check time. Like you said, it's like you know still every chance to rally, maybe even get a one seed. If you get the one seed, you only have to win two games to get to the Super Bowl. Maybe you 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 can do it, but or you can kind of fall apart here down the stretch and we know how the Eagles fans would react to that. (laughs) Oh, they might be running up and down like Serrani does making it a a, a circus, but uh, no, I think that's a good stat to, to basically move on for us, but that is our fan zone for this week. Cowboys, Eagles, Chiefs spills, and we'll be back in a sec. All right, I think we're in a good place here. Let's go quickly over just kind of the week 14 review. I'll I'll just spit out, I I think, for us, because I want to move on to the matchups. I think that's the most important thing. Player of the week, we've got Josh Allen against the Chiefs. He was 23 of 42, 233 yards passing, one touchdown, one pick. He was sacked three times, but he also had 10 rushes, 32 yards, and that big touchdown as well, getting pushed into the end zone. That puts the Bills at 7-6. and And very much still alive in the AFC playoffs. And they will be playing the Dallas Cowboys. But Josh Allen, like we said, congratulations to you. You are our player of the week. Dave, bum of the week. What were your thoughts? Quickly. Well, we, we had a we had some options here. You know, we we touched in depth on Kadarius Tony, so yeah. I didn't think we needed to, you know rub salt in his wound there i think i think if you if you want to come down to it, you look at the last couple games of the week the monday night game this week you know we've seen a couple of of those early of those weeks earlier in the season where we had multiple monday night games um, we had the green bay packers and the miami dolphins both in prime playoff position you know playing well up against teams they were big favorites over the the packers playing the giants and the dolphins playing the titans and both of them you know uh, yeah, the, the Dolphins, I guess, had a two-touchdown lead late, but that also didn't even really feel... Even if they had won that game by two touchdowns, it would not have felt like they they played that well. They played poorly the whole game. They got into a late lead and then choked that one away. The Packers, you know, just, just losing to Tommy Cutlets. I think we've seen, you know, we talked about this. I think we've seen they've tried some different time setups for these d- double Monday night game nights you know they we had one where it was 7 15 and 10 15 we had one where it was seven and eight and that this one they tried to start them both on at the same time and you know we we got some split boxes we got some when we don't need it from youtube tv you can do the multi-view espn abc please you know and it looks even smaller so 
both teams both teams choke away very winnable games and so i think that both they and the schedule makers on monday night they're they're our bums of the week they are congratulations bums of the week moving on to our game of the week the los angeles rams at baltimore ravens what a game back and forth went into overtime tylen wallace with the punt return touchdown to give the ravens the win 37 31 Stafford balled out. Jackson was 24 of 43, 316 yards, three touchdowns, and pick. He also had 11 carries, 70 yards. Kyron Williams, 25 carries, 114 yards. Cupman, eight receptions, 115 yards, one touchdown. And then Beckham Jr. as well for the Ravens, four catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. I don't know if they're going to get in, but I think the Rams might a little bit be that NFC version of the Bills where – if they get in, I don't know that anyone really wants to play them. You know, you've got a quarterback playing that well, good coaching staff and some dangerous weapons, a wide receiver. You know, they they really they really could have easily won that game and you know, kind of a really tough loss for them to to lose that, especially on our second uh punt return overtime walk off touchdown of the season when we had not had any of those since 2011 before this season so you know we had that jets bills game to start the season and this one so that was was interesting but yeah that was a hell of a game they always play some they both played some wild games against different teams this season and so i think it was natural they were going to play one against each other and the rams covered that's even better right so that is our game (laughs) of the week the los angeles rams at baltimore ravens Uh, And moving on to our team of the week, we've got the Cleveland Browns going eight and five uh, overall. They're six and one actually at home. Joe Flacco, 311 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Joe Flacco, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. David Njoku, six catches, 91 yards, two touchdowns. Defense also got three picks off Trevor Lawrence. I was shocked to see him actually playing after basically should have been carted off and, and walking, but uh, yeah. Feels like, feels like they should have, I mean, okay, great. You, you want, you made it back to try to go out there, but it, it was pretty clear. You should have known after one quarter of the game, that he shouldn't have been out there. Like he was just obviously bad in that game. You know, I told, I told you earlier in the week, um, I was really, Thinking about workshopping up a, a Browns have a good shot to win the AFC now that they have Flacco take. I am not going to to dust that one out just because I, I really would have stuck with it, but they've now lost both starting tackles and starting safety Grant Delpit to season-ending injuries here in the last three or four days. So I don't think I can in good conscience do that. But if they had stayed healthy on those in on offense and defense with Flacco at quarterback, I really did think that they might be, you know, a threat to really make a run there in the AFC. But I think no you one. hold on to that, keep that close to the vest, Dave. You, you did put it out in the in in the you know in in space, so you just never know. Flacco looks. Uh, he looks resurrected from wherever he was in quarterback Jets. hell. <laughs> well, Jets. so yeah, so quarterback hell, right? So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, 
honestly, I think that the the genesis of that take was like that defense is so 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 good that yeah. really all they needed was and they have weapons on offense in Joku, Amari, those guys. They just need someone who can air the ball out a bit, you know, knows how knows how to play the position and doesn't make horrible mistakes. But I don't know if if uh, thirty. Nine-year-old Joe Joe Flacco, who is 13 days or, older than LeBron James, is necessarily cut out to run around for his life with backup tackles. No, no. But uh, we'll, we'll love to see it in terms of how far those Browns can go. And that's our team of the week, the Cleveland Browns, for week 14 review. And we'll be back in a second. All right, we're into our watchable section, everybody. We've got zero buys because now we are in the clear. Everyone has had their buy. As always, our point spread is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Our Thursday night football matchup, Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell. The Chargers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders favored by three. Over under is 34. Is that a real game, and is that real players playing at quarterback? I'm leaning. I was, I was under the impression that Easton Stick was a uh, lacrosse uh, instrument. I didn't. I didn't realize that was a quarterback. Can we also talk about how bad of a week Al's having when he didn't even realize he's not calling the playoff game for the NBC as well? So he's like had a rough week, and I kind of, you know, have have we checked on Al? Are are, are we sure he's okay? Because this game. He's in Vegas, so he can, you know, gamble, which I was glad he said something about the over-under, right, on the the Pats. I unfortunately watched that Pats Steelers game. He's like, oh, we've hit the over in the first half, right? You you are a sicko for watching that game. But yeah, the over-under was what, 30 on that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they hit it at halftime, funnily enough. No, I mean, if there's any place we got to worry about him about, it is Vegas. He can gamble. He can drink and he can eat a 72 ounce steak and God knows he won't wash it down with any vegetables. So let's put an APB out on Al Michaels. I'm hoping maybe someone gets him a couple glasses of nice scotch before the game so he can have some fun watching it because we know he'll be miserable watching these two guys play quarterback. As as far as the game, are you leaning Raiders? I mean, if you had to pick. I am leaning Raiders a little bit just uh, from the standpoint of I, I think I probably was was a toss up, but Keenan Allen being ruled out for this game, mm, definitely the most reliable, most reliable receiver that the Chargers have and would be a good safety blanket for for, you know, Easton Stick. I think you you got to lean the Raiders on this one. I mean, I, I would just like as a quick aside, I think. Very interesting how nobody has said, has been mentioning lately that the Cowboys made a huge mistake in letting Kellen Moore go to the Chargers and the Chargers were going to be better off now offensively mm-hmm. than the Cowboys. So just, just want to point that out. Uh, Kellen, God, God bless you, bud. We wish you well. You didn't get, you didn't get the, the, the Boise State head coaching job. <laughs> So that the, the the take would be take play Austin Eckler to get about 10 receptions, 15 receptions in fantasy, but we're both leaning towards Raiders. That's enough for Thursday night. Saturday games. We are moving on to Saturday games. This schedule this year has just been so interesting with games just kind of 
I mean, they were literally trying to take over the week, whatever. I got nothing else to do. So, but my wife also probably does not like that with the TV on with football <laughs> games. So the Saturday night game, the first game, I believe at noon or one o'clock is the Minnesota Vikings at Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are favored by three over under is 40 and a half. Do we have any information on Browning? Is he playing? Because that is a good question. I think that we think that he is is like like leaning towards playing. I think it, it looked like it's like looking that way, but it was cramping. I think right. Yeah, I, I guess that's right. And then, but Jamar Chase did end up being on the injury report this week, which I found interesting. I am probably going to be leaning towards the Bengals here because they're just the better team in general. Because they've been just playing better, honestly. So I just like the Bengals in this game. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could look at it like uh, maybe that Vikings defense proved some things last week, but then you could also look they played look the at Raiders. it like... <laughs> Like the Vikings offense also proved some things last week and, and it wasn't good. <laughs> I will say, quick aside, it's, it's interesting. I don't know how much of the Vikings you watched this season, but I mean, fascinating article about how Flores is like bring has been using this Blitz. defense that 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 no NFL team has used that he like saw from college and like. Hmm just sort of installed it on the fly like this year and they like wouldn't tell anyone about it. And it was got it from something that Pat Narduzzi does at Pitt. And apparently they had multiple pick players on that defense, like players that went to, to you Pitt and they didn't even realize it, that it was the same defense because he's like masking it and all that. It was, it was honestly pretty fascinating. I like Flores a lot as a, a D coordinator, um, but it's like a six man front that you, but then you play a lot of zone behind it, but mm-hmm. then you never, some of your zone guys are coming up and blitzing and some of your six man front guys are going. Back so you don't know who's coming right to, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I actually do think it's been interesting because we remember how awful that Vikings defense was last year. They were terrible. So, yeah. So, and it, they, they, like some of the players were saying, like, yeah, we were pretty bad the first month or two of this season because we still were like figuring out how to play this new defense the right way. And uh, they've played really well since. So, See, with that I, being said, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I don't think that changes my decision at all. I think I, I just, I, I just think they're such a hot mess on offense. Even, you know, Jefferson, I don't, you know, went out after what the first drive, right, yeah. to the hospital with a rib injury. If I was him, he's playing for a contract too, right? I would not be playing this game. You got to make. He that doesn't have to. Get he doesn't finish. have to, pr- and he doesn't have anything to prove. Like it's not like right. he needs to get out there to prove himself. I would not be playing. But on the other hand, he's they're seven and six. So I mean, he's they've got a chance to 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 succeed. However, again, I think you know they really deserve to lose that game against the Raiders. You know, I think this might be the one. I'm leaning towards the them losing this one in Cincinnati. Yeah. And that's the Minnesota Vikings at Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals favored by three over under is 40 and a half. Uh, Side note too, I'll be in Chicago this weekend. So I'm going to be putting some money down uh, on my DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm I'm super excited after this episode to really, uh, you know, talking about this to to put some money down. We'll have to 
we'll have to do this as we're going through, Dave. Or, you know, give me some good money ones. So <laughs> I fly in Saturday for a wedding. Uh, so our next game is the Pittsburgh Steelers at Indianapolis Colts. Colts are favored by two and a half. Over under is 42. <laughs> I, I would say, I mean, Trubisky was so bad. That that offense was so bad. I I I don't know. I I'm kind of leaning towards the Colts. I will say though, T.J. Watt did clear the concussion protocol, so he looks like he will be playing in this one. But I kind of I kind of want to go the Colts. I but I, I don't know. I've, I've been going back and forth about this. Jekyll one and Hyde, man. The Steelers, right? They're just Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. I just think Trubisky's so bad, and. I think that Steelers defense has kind of lost its luster a little bit where I don't think they're as good as they started out the year. I am leaning towards the Colts. They need this game to stay alive in the playoff race, and it's at Indy. I mean, the Steelers were just – I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they keep playing Najee Harris. And Jalen Warren is obviously – you know, you got, but you got two good – Deontay Johnson, yeah, effort, whatever. Good receiver. George Pickens, good receiver. Fryer Muth, good receiver. I mean, the Steelers fans were absolutely losing their mind at the game. And I was loving every minute of it with the terrible towels. And then they played Renegade, you know, by sticks. But I, I'm leaning towards Colts. Colts have really, I think they're going to have a bounce back game. They're, I think they're coached better by Shane Steichen than Mike Tomlin. I think he's lost a little bit here. And really, in the offseason, they need to figure out what they're going to do moving forward. But I'm leaning Colts. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, those, I think this is the first, the last two weeks here were the cards and the the Pats losses, which are both just inexcusable losses. Two and ten teams. Yeah. Might be the first time I've ever really started to wonder if Tomlin might be on the hot seat a little you know, but my my main thought process with with maybe the the Steelers on this one is because they never do what we expect them to do, and so like things have been going terribly. They look like they're you know they lost to much worse point. teams than the Colts. That everything's falling apart. Yeah, like okay, Trubisky is going to go out there and throw like three for three hundred yards and three touchdowns or something. But I don't I don't know. I think I think. If they win this one, I think they'll steady the ship and and be okay. And you know, Tomlin will live to see another day. If not, I don't know. I mean, this is good for the Bills, right? Two seven and six teams playing. They're they're gonna kind of cancel each other out a bit, little bit here. But yep. that's the Pittsburgh Steelers at Indianapolis Colts. We'll have more on this game at the end of the episode. Colts are favored by two and a half. Over under is forty two. Our last game, the Saturday night game, is the Denver Broncos at Detroit Lions. I believe this is a Peacock exclu- exclusive game. Or I could be wrong. I might be talking. Um, you are, in fact, wrong. I believe all three of these games are on NFL. Oh, okay. That sounds right. NFL, that sounds right. Yeah, no, no. Maybe it's the following weekend. Yeah, that, that's right. I think, it's the, I think the Peacock exclusive is the following weekend. It's like a bunch of – It's the first two games are like Chris Rose and Jason McCourty for NFL Network and then Rich Eisen and Kurt Warner. And then the the Lions-Broncos one is Kevin Harlan and Trent, Trent Green. Oh, nice. So, I like Harlan. So the yeah. Lions are favored by four at Ford Field. Over-under is 48. <laughs> Another huh, game. 
I'm leaning towards the Broncos. I think the Lions are in a little tailspin. And Aaron Glenn's job should be on the line as defensive coordinator because that defense cannot stop anyone right now. They're not getting to the quarterback. The back end is not looking good. You drafted this linebacker where it usually takes a year to really figure it out, I think, in the NFL because you're playing a lot more coverage as a linebacker with what is named Jack Campbell. But Denver's just coached so well. Their offense is T-R-A-S-H with Russell still, but Sean Payton has his team playing well. And hats off to the defensive coordinator. What's his name? Vance Joseph. Yeah, he's been great. I mean, ever since that 70-point game with the Dolphins. I got to go Broncos. I just think they're the better team right now playing. Lions are in a little bit of a tailspin, and I think they're in a little bit of an identity crisis. Yeah, it's it's just it's hard to get a read on this Broncos team. You know that that the the three straight wins versus Packers, Chiefs, and Bills. But then, I mean, everything else has been kind of tepid since then. You know, barely beat the Vikings. I think barely beat the Browns in the game where they lost multiple quarterbacks. It's hard to know what to make of them. Russ is, you know, the offense really is bad. I I just think I think coming off that Bears loss, um, I feel like if Dan Campbell is the the coach that everyone seems to think he is and that we all believe in, that he'll have them ready to play after this one and, and bounce back and win a game maybe to that they shouldn't or or you know would would be a much more difficult game than the one they just lost. So I'm leaning towards Detroit on this one, but I I do think you're right. I think you know this is sort of their turning point, just like we talked about with the Eagles, where, you know, if they win this one, okay, they're they're back in control and command of things. But if they lose this one, I think things could really kind of spin, spiral spiral out for them. Could get dangerous. It, it, it could. It could. I mean, that, uh, that Bears game was not pretty. But that's our no. Denver Broncos at Detroit Lions Saturday night game. Lions favored by four, over-unders 48 now to our Sunday games, our YouTube TV, Sunday ticket, must-watch games, Google, YouTube TV. We're waiting for our sponsorship. We've got two games in this section. I've got our marquee matchup, the Dallas Cowboys at Buffalo Bills. Bills are favored by one and a half. Over-under is 51 I would probably hit the under on this. I think that's a lot of points to score outside. Chiefs Bills didn't even get close to that. Ooh, man, a lot to unpack here, Dave, with this game. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. I think, you know, gut sort of tells me lean Bills. You know, the Cowboys have won five, six in a row. They're playing hot. You're you're on the road in Buffalo in December. I will say, though, you know, that Bill's pass defense has been very gettable. You know, they no offense to the Chiefs, but they've, they've gotten carved up by the elite yeah. pass offenses that they've faced so far this season. Weather-wise, the Cowboys are going to be pretty lucky. It's going to be like 47. Nice. No, you know, a little moderate wind, but no, you know, rain in the forecast, no snow, anything like that. So I think... That's a that's a break for the Cowboys. We'll see. I think it's going to be a good game. I think I'm more inclined to say 
you know, more of a 24, 20 type game than, than that over under a 51. I think it's probably just going to come down to how can the Cowboys, you know, get, tackle, bring down Josh Allen. It's, you know, it's one thing to, to sack Jalen hurts. And it's, uh, I think what the difficulty that Josh Allen poses is that it, he's not even the kind of player where you're like, Oh, he's just a, a real fast quarterback and we'll just no, put a spy on him. No. That's fine because you can put a spy on him if you want, but if the spy is a linebacker or a cornerback, he's just going to run. Over. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's what's the difficult thing about him is I think it's, uh, it's definitely very disappointing that we don't get to see for the first time, Trayvon and Stefan Diggs face off against yeah. each other. That, that would have been a lot of fun. I, I don't know. I don't, what are your thoughts on this one? I think so. This morning you asked me, I'd say Buffalo. I think I'm now leaning towards the Dallas Cowboys. I just think that team is coming together at the right time. Dak Prescott, like you said, is playing at an unbelievable level. And him and McCarthy are just on the same page with play calling in this offense. I think the Bills' defense is gettable in that inter- intermediate kind of deep routes. I mean, you saw that pass to Kelsey that would have won the game, right? I mean, he was wide open. So I think there are things, I mean, McDermott was literally blitzing, you know, almost all out blitzes towards the end of the game. And it just didn't make sense, but I'm like, all right, man, whatever you want to do, you know, uh, but obviously we then got into like fourth and 20, you know, kind of thing and didn't, didn't get that. But the Cowboys defense is going to be different in terms of, like you said, the question is, can you get Josh Allen down? It's going to be really hard, but you have a player named Micah Parsons that is different level that can be had. I thought Gabe Davis was going to have a monster game against the Chiefs. He is not playing at a great level. I don't think he's getting a lot of separation. Kincaid's he's a, good, he's a, but he's a rookie, he's a, right? He's had a disappointing year, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that's the problem with them all year. Is it's really Diggs, you know, making explosive plays, or Josh Allen just making things happen? Yeah, you know, with his feet and with his strength, and that's what their whole offense is predicated on. So you got to think Dan Quinn will will try to scheme up some things mm-hmm. to take Diggs out of the game. So then it's like, can can Gabe Davis make those plays? Can the tight ends make some plays? You know, I, I'm inclined to lean towards the Bills on this one just because of that home field advantage. They, even if it's not that terrible weather, they're, they're the loudest and most, you know, ridiculous fan base in, in the, the league. So I, I will say this. It's like this is the one that they can afford to lose if you're the Bills. You know, that you right. got and then you, cl- you close with at Chargers, home to the Patriots, at Dolphins, who may have already clinched everything by then that they need to. So you could easily lose this one. And I think, you know, you win the final three if you're the Bills. I like their odds of getting in at 10 and 7 it, with with all those conference wins. But I don't know. We'll, you just we'll don't, see. You, I, you I, just don't know with this team because they lost to the Jets, right? They lost to the Broncos. I mean, they've got some disappointing losses where you're thinking, like you said, with the metrics, right? Like yeah. where it's just like, guys, like, hey, man, you know, Cook's done well. I think James Cook has been you know, come on towards the end of this year as well. He had a great catch. I mean, he chiefs run defense is not great. Let's just be honest there. Right. Too. But yeah, I mean, Josh Allen is just a magician sometimes and he terrifies me 
not as much as Joe Burrow, who's already out. So, you know, I'm cheering for the Cowboys one because I want the Bills <laughs> out of the playoffs, right? Just one less really, really good team, probably the best team, right, uh, with team, you know, talent. But, yeah, I mean, I think I've kind of gone back and forth. We'll find out more at the end when we do our picks, you know, on this game. But mm. that's the Dallas Cowboys at Buffalo Bills. Bills are favored by one and a half over under 51. I put this in here as our second game. In our YouTube TV Sunday ticket must-watch game, uh, you better have it. Chicago Bears at Cleveland Browns. I just think this is going to be a fun game. Uh, Browns are favored by three and a half. Over/under is thirty-seven and a half. With those injuries, you know, on the defense, Bears—they're what five and eight. They have a—they're—they're they're talking playoffs, which I think is absurd too. Fields is playing for his job. I think he's auditioning, honestly, for a trade for the Bears so they can move on from him and go with Caleb Williams, probably with the first pick that the Panthers gave them. But I like what Joe, Joe Flacco's doing. You got Cooper. You got Elijah Moore. You've got Njoku playing great. That offense is is doing pretty well. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game. I would hit the over on this. I think it will be more than 37.5 just because I think Fields was going to use his legs. But I and saying that I am leaning towards the Bears. I'm on a little bit of a momentum kick here with the Bears. Crazy as it sounds. Yeah, it does sound pretty crazy, but uh, they did they did prove you right here a couple times in the last few weeks. Just good call on them against the Lions. I do think at some point, you know, there is definitely more talent there than they've had in years past, but I do think most of that talent is on the defensive end of things, and I think the offense's luck is going to run out, and I think – you know, we're going to see at some point Fields have one of those games where he's like, you know, nine of 24 throwing for two picks and fumbles and all that. But I don't know. I I, I don't feel great, but I'm, I'm still leaning towards Cleveland on this one, even with all those injuries on the offensive line. But, you know, got, got to back my Delaware boy Flacco. I hear you. Yeah. No, I, I just think that half point, I think this could be close, right? I think the, the Browns could win by three. I mean, they were literally a two point conversion, you know, giving that up from not covering against the Jags right uh, at the end of the game there. So I just think it'll be a fun game. I think it'll be something where, like you said, sweats added something, I think to that bears defense, maybe a little bit more swagger. Eberflus has them playing well, uh, but I'm leaning towards Chicago. Call me crazy. I'll roll with the Bears again. My buddy Sean P might might think I'm absurd too. But it, we got Chicago Bears at Cleveland Browns. Browns favored by three and a half. Over unders thirty seven and a half. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now entering the witching hour. Scott Hansen's red zone. The witching hour. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Green Bay Packers. Packers favored by three and a half over under is 42. After that abysmal performance against the Giants, the Packers luster has lost a little bit and they are not undefeated under their head coach now in December. Yeah, that, that was a tough one. It feels like giving up, letting... Tommy DeVito marched down the field on you in under a minute for an easy walk-off field goal is that might be something that sort of torpedoes the season for you a little bit. I don't know. I mean, the Buccaneers, you know, it was, it was close there. It, it was, it took all the way to the end of the game, but that they pulled out like we expected them to last week against the Falcons, or at least like I did, you know, they're, 
I would say the Buccaneers can't afford that eighth loss if they want to win the division, but I think we 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 both know they probably can afford that. Yes, that yes, loss. they can. Yeah, you know, I, I feel weird. Old division rivals; these two teams used to be in the same division back before they realigned, and Green Bay would win at like they won something like twenty straight years in Green Bay because Tampa was used to the warm weather. I don't know. I, I don't know if that matters as much anymore. Be an interesting game. I think I'm leaning towards Tampa on this one, but yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think it's just are are we going to trust Baker enough? I mean, you could say the same. Do we trust Tommy DeVito enough for in that Giants team? That's just brutal. Uh, uh, but yeah, they can afford to get that eighth loss. But I I, I do see that half point again being a deciding factor. Mm-hmm. I think for Tampa, honestly, and, and I think they can outright win it. So that's Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Green Bay Packers. Packers favored by three and a half over unders 42. Next game, it's depending on C.J. Stroud here versus Will Levis. Houston Texans at Tennessee Titans. Titans favored by three over unders 38. You know, obviously that win against the Dolphins for the Titans was pretty impressive. Two touchdowns, down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Texans got to have this game, right? Yeah, I mean... You really have to have it or else it's it's starting to slip away from you. I think it kind of is either way. Will Levis, I thought, played really well there late. And, you know, glad to see Vrabel rewarded for going with analytics and, and, you know, scoring that touchdown, down two touchdowns and going for the two, which then enabled him to win in regulation rather than having to take take your chances in overtime. So glad that the people who like to yell at the ner- about the nerds I mean, I'm on board on that. I'm on board with that, right? Like, why not? You're down two touchdowns. Like, what do you have to lose? No, and it makes perfect sense. You know what you have to do. You know, if you have to get the, and you still have a chance to get the two point conversions. And so, one way or the other, you're when you go for two the first time, you were going to have to get at least one two point conversion. So, and your odds of trying two straight two point conversions and getting one of them are pretty good. So, it, it makes perfect sense. If you don't uh, practice it, there's an issue, right? You know, that that's you gotta have plays for it. I mean, that that's obviously yeah. big, right? I, I think it's this game sort of to me is what what you said to to start it off. I think it just it's gonna come down to CJ Stroud's status. I, I know he didn't practice today, which is Wednesday. I, we'll see. I, I think if he is ruled out, then I then I think the Titans probably cover this one pretty easily. Um, if he's playing, I, I sort of think the Texans have a chance to at least cover or push, um, if not outright win. But I, I don't think they have a chance without Stroud. Yeah, I mean, Titans, though, I think, you know, that quarterback change has gave him a little bit of a swagger. Vrabel is such an underrated coach, man. I mean, even did you see how that punt returner, you know, had that gaff, obviously that miscue touching the ball and fumbling. And then, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, I don't give an F about your excuses. Like, you know, like no excuses, man, do your job. Right. And like, so I am leaning more towards the Titans here, even if Stroud is healthy. I just think the Texans have kind of ran their course for this year. Had a great year. Don't get me wrong but I think we're going to see them slide a little bit. That Jets game was pretty rough for them. And Tank Dell, they missed Tank Dell. Yeah, I mean, I think D'Amico Ryan's still probably the coach of the year regardless, but 
you're certainly if you are the if you're the Buffalo Bills, you're pulling hard for the Titans in this one. Houston Texans at Tennessee Titans. Titans favored by three over under is 38. I think this game, you know, we we had this team in our game of the week. Almost every week they've been in a great game. Washington Commanders at Los Angeles Rams. Rams are favored by six and a half. Over under is 49 and a half. I would hit the over big time on that as well. I just think it's going to be a fun high scoring game. I think the Rams win by more than six and a half. Uh, but I think the commanders will be ready. They're coming off the bye. I think it's going to be an offensive just game where commander's defense is terrible under Ron Rivera. He took over play calling duties, and I just think the Rams will do whatever, whatever they want. I think the commanders will have some success, but I, I like the Rams in this game. Yeah, I mean, once again, it's the the Sam Howell sack watch you know 50 58 58 times he's been sacked in 13 games so we're still maybe not on pace i think to break that record of 76 sacks by by david carr but i think he's definitely on pace to get into the 70s so you look at aaron donald has to be you know licking his lips in excitement at this one i think it's safe to say the same Howell experience may be heading to a conclusion here in the next few games you know they do still have a lot of talent on that on that in the receiving group especially but i think i think the rams win this one pretty easily agree and that's the washington commanders at los angeles rams rams favored by six and a half over under is 49 and a half and it's time to go take a nap enjoy the couch can't sleep throw on one of these three games and you might be able to take a nap. Sleepy time is here. Kansas City Chiefs at New England Patriots. Patriots. Sorry, the Chiefs are favored by nine and a half in New England. Over under is 37. <sighs> Call me crazy. I don't know if the Chiefs are going to cover this game. I was going to say, I mean, I think the Chiefs will no doubt win, but I, I did not. I don't think I feel comfortable taking nine and a half as the lock for the the Chiefs. I think that's a little ambitious. You know, that I, I do think that defense will will keep the Patriots yeah. completely, you know, shut down. Be I'd be shocked if they score more than ten points, the Patriots, but I'm not I'm not sure I can see the, the Chiefs putting right. up twenty in this one. So uh, that would right. be my concern. I'd pro- I'd probably hammer the under on this one. I do think the Chiefs win, but I'm not sure about nine and a half. I think uh, Pat, Patrick Mahomes looks over at Juju and was like, "Hey, man, you want to get cut and come over here? We could kind of use I you." Miss you. I, I miss you, I, buddy. You knew you I, knew the playbook. I probably changed my mind, but right now I am leaning towards the Pats. Honestly, in, in this uh, piece, obviously, I don't think they're going to win the game, but I think they keep it close enough. The only factor, obviously, like you said, is that offense is so bad. But they had some success, you know. They had some success against the Steelers, so don't count it out. You know, I think Bill Belichick still has them playing hard. But that's the Chiefs at Patriots nine and a half points. The Patriots are getting over under is thirty seven. Our next game is the San Francisco 49ers at Arizona Cardinals. 49ers are favored by thirteen and a half. Over under is forty eight. I bet this gets to probably by Sunday fourteen and a half, fifteen uh, points at least. I mean, the 49ers are just hammering teams 
Cardinals coming off the bye. They just don't have a lot of talent. I think they're playing hard for Gannon and Kyler Murray had a, you know, another few weeks to to practice continue, you know, coming back from the ACL. He's looked I think good enough. I think it, you know, if they get the third pick in the draft, they're taking Marvin Harrison, I think that would be the right pick, but I just don't see them keeping this game two touchdowns close. Yeah, I mean, I the Cardinals defense did some nice things to start the year with 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 Gannon in there, but I think that for the most part teams have kind of figured them out since then, you know, we'll see maybe maybe they put some fun little wrinkles in, but I just don't think they're off the bye week, but I don't think they're really incentivized to win very much like you said, they're they're really gunning for a good draft pick. I think they probably depending on how he plays in this closing stretch of games, they probably just sort of play it out again with Kyler, you know, next year, especially if they ended up yeah. in that three, in that three position in what is like mostly a two quarterback, you know, top of the first round. I think you, you add some weapons, give Kyler another chance to play a full season healthy and see what happens. Yeah. I, I, I think the 49ers probably probably cover this one pretty easily. I, I think so. I mean, they're just playing some great bully ball, man. And Brock Purdy is just, He's just being a great point guard, right? Like dishing it out to the players and doing his job. And, and Kyle Shanahan is presenting the perfect game plan. And McCaffrey is just a beast. So that's San Francisco 49ers at Arizona Cardinals. 49ers favored by 13 and a half over under is 48. Our last game in this sleepy time mode is New York Jets at Miami Dolphins. Dolphins favored by eight and a half over under is 37. Hmm. That Dolphins defense is struggling. They had their center go out for the year, right? Torn ACL. Hill. Connor Williams. Yeah. I I just don't. I'm not. I'm not buying two. Yeah. I'm calling it crazy. I actually think we could get. We, I think that I, I don't know. I think this is a bit low on the over under. Thirty seven points on that over under seems a little low to me. I think the Dolphins are going to cover this one. I agree. I think it's going to be similar to the Black Friday game where they scored a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Dolphins just have a lot to play for, man. They 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 need that one seed. I think to to get healthy. Honestly, with Tyreek Hill. Um, Agreed, and you gotta. You, if you're the if you're the Dolphins, you gotta think here with, you know, these this back to back stretch of Jaguar at Jaguars and 49ers for the Ravens. You gotta think they're probably losing one of these, and then you're right mm-hmm. back in it if you can if you can win out. Right, exactly. That's the New York Jets at Miami Dolphins. Dolphins favored by eight and a half. Over under is thirty seven. And our Hunter McMillan bum rush. Dave, when we talk about these two matchups, I want you to give give me one word and a few sentences to just talk about this game, give your pick, and then we move on for life and we never talk about these games ever again. Oh. Okay? One word that comes to mind. We're going to play this game, okay, for the Hunter McMillan bum rush. Atlanta Falcons at Carolina Panthers. Panthers are given three points. Falcons favored by three over under 35. You go first, my friend. I'll go first on the next game. 
Woof. Atlanta. You could talk for a few sentences if you have anything else to yeah. add. I mean, I, I think Atlanta's got everything to play for. The Panthers don't really, I mean, they do as well. They, they, they're not playing for a pick, but they're clearly, we looked at last week, they got blown off the, the field and I th- expected again this week. My word is regret. Huh. They are regretting to take Bryce Young and trading that pick. Did they have the second overall pick? What what pick did they have in last year's draft that they traded? Um, to uh, Chicago. To the Bears? Yeah. It, it was the number one pick. Well, I know they got the number one, but what did they have? Oh, to- yeah, no. No, they had eight. I think they traded up did for they have eight, eight, right? Okay. I really I, think I want to say that it was there. Anyway, my my thing is they're regretting this. I think they should have played Andy Dalton all year. He's been he would have been way better. And I think Bryce Young needed a year, but I don't even know if he has it. He looks like a little kid out there in a grown man's game. Atlanta Panthers just aren't competitive, and they're not good. Atlanta. That's Atlanta Falcons at Carolina Panthers. Panthers are given three points over under thirty five at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, next game, New York Giants at New Orleans Saints. Saints are favored by six over under 37 and a half. Gimme is my word. Gimme a little bit of Jameis Winston, please, because the Saints would be better off on offense with Jameis Winston making a few mistakes and throwing down the field and making Chris Olave look like the wide receiver he is if they played Jameis Winston. I'm going to go with the Giants here. I think it's crazy, but the Saints suck on offense, and their defense is pretty darn good. But Giants have a little bit of swagger with this DeVito guy, and they're just not good enough to blow out teams. My word is going to be a phrase, and it's chicken parm. As in, that is what Tommy DeVito is going to need to eat to cheer himself up after his Cinderella story kind of comes to a crashing halt when he throws three interceptions in the Superdome and the Saints somehow cover this despite Derek Carr only throwing for 94 yards. And they're, they're getting field goals in the red zone. Interesting. Mm-hmm. New York Giants at New Orleans Saints. Saints favored by six over-unders, 37 and a half. Sunday night game. This should be a good one. Baltimore Ravens at Jacksonville Jaguars. Ravens are favored by three, and Jacksonville over-under is 43. Big game for the Ravens. What's their, right, there in that, right there in the pole position. What's their schedule to finish the year, the Ravens? I mean, they've got a tough yes. little stretch, they're right? At, at Jacksonville Sunday night football, at San Francisco Monday yep, night football, there it is. Home, home to Miami, home to Pittsburgh. It's not out of the question for them to go two and two. Agreed, yeah. Now the the chief the Chiefs definitely have a chance if they win out uh, here. I mean, because I think if they if the if the Ravens don't get this one, then I think that yeah, they're they're definitely not going to beat the 49ers in a night game in California, traveling across the country like that. So I think this is a big one for the Ravens. I expect them to come out and play really good football. You know, the the Jaguars are in a decent position where I don't think anyone really believes they're in danger of losing the division, even though they are, I guess, technically only up a game. But 
you know, I, I expect the Ravens to win this one. And I think I like I like them to cover it. Just I, I don't think they're going to smoke them, but I do think they're, they're going to win by six, seven, eight points. Yeah, I'm leaning towards that as well. I just think the Jaguars defense is kind of showing some signs of wear and tear as well. The Browns kind of moved the ball on them up and down the field a little bit and is Joe Flacco, right? But the Ravens, man, in some of these bigger games have letdowns, but also Jacksonville does too. I, I was listening to Rosillo and Todd McShay on Monday. It was interesting. You know what he talked about with Trevor Lawrence? He said he had heard, this isn't a knock on him, but he just had a trouble recalling play calls and plays in games where Manning and those guys, right, Andrew Luck, you know, probably Mahomes, Brady, could just recall these plays in these games that he just maybe was missing. So maybe he, you know, maybe he's a guy that just is not as cerebral, nothing wrong with it, you know, on on his feet. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I just think <laughs> I think we just expected more, I guess, from Trevor Lawrence, right? And that experience has kind of been up and down where he's shown some really wild moments and some really blah moments. What is that going to be this this Sunday night? That, I guess, is where I'm going on that. Um, and I'm just not sure with that Ravens defense. It's It, it, it is a good defense. How's he going to do? And I'm just not sure he's going to uh, produce. He's really, I think, you know, we talked about it. Christian Kirk. I think he misses him a lot. No, I think that was a huge injury for them. Um, but I do think it's worth noting, you know, we Doug Peterson, really brilliant offensive coach, but has fared much better with sort of, you know, getting the most out of journeyman types than with those top two draft picks like Carson Wentz and uh, Trevor Lawrence. So that's just an interesting Interesting thought about him, you know, Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew, those guys. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Baltimore Ravens at Jacksonville Jaguars. Ravens favored by three, over-unders 43. Monday night game, Philadelphia Eagles at Seattle Seahawks. Eagles favored by four, over-unders 47 and a half. Any update on Gino? But I uh, think that he's – I think he's – like it seems like he's good to go. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I, I expected. I expect him to play. I don't know if we've had a firm yes he's going to play, but I, I would bet the over heavily on this game, which I probably will. We 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 might do another quick segment after this about hey I have a hundred dollars. What am I putting money on? Even though that's not mm-hmm. a lot, but I think Seattle's playing for its playoff lives here. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think the Eagles are going to do what they want on offense a little bit more because Seattle defense is okay. But who is going to cover DK Metcalf? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you who thinks who thinks they're going to cover DK Metcalf, and that's Darius Slay. I don't think that will go very well, um, but I, I promise you J- Darius Slay thinks he's going to lock him up and shut him down. But Darius Slay thinks a lot of things that aren't actually uh, true. Call me so, crazy. I, I think I'm leaning towards Seattle. I I think the 
I was thinking, I, I think the Eagles are going to win, but I think it's like a walk-off field goal type situation. So I, I think I would probably, that that extra point going from three to four on the line, I think I'd probably take the points on this one. I agree 100%. I think it's going to be a good game. I do think it's going to be high scoring. I think it'll be a little bit everywhere. There's going to be some long touchdowns by the wide receivers as well. But look for that, you know, hit the over. Philadelphia Eagles at Seattle Seahawks. Eagles favored by four. Over under is 47 and a half. And we'll be back in a second. All right. And we're back. We've got our Lee Corso locks of the week coming up. 11 2 and 1 on the year. Cincinnati last week over Indy. Since he was had was getting a point over Indy and won pretty handedly. I don't know the exact score, but that that for me puts me at eleven two and one. Dave, you're six seven and one. The Houston favored by three and a half against the Jets. That did not hit. It did not. That is true. What, is so what, what kind of well are we going into this week? What do you got for your lock of the week? You know, I think it's never a bad idea to bet against the Carolina Panthers this year. It's a team without a real direction. It doesn't seem like they really got much out of the uh, coaching change, you know, especially considering they fired multiple other members of that coaching staff. So I think they're a little thin in the coaching ranks, and you can tell. I know they, ha- they have no reason to keep losing, but they keep doing it, which is how you know that they're very bad. And Atlanta's still fighting for their life. I thought that you saw some signs of – you know, competency from that offense, you know, not that Desmond Ritter played great, but he played okay. And, and, you know, getting the ball more to those running backs, the tight ends, uh, you know, I think Atlanta wins this one pretty easily. And three points is just very tempting to take it against a team as bad as the Panthers. So I'm going to take Carolina as my lock or Atlanta. Atlanta to cover against Carolina. Right, right. Carolina lose. That's just a lock in general, right? Oh, awesome. Atlanta Falcons in Charlotte getting three or favored by three. I am going on a little bit of a trip again. We're going to go to the AFC South. We're going to go with the Tennessee Titans hosting the Houston Texans. I think whether or not CJ Stroud obviously plays is really important here, but I think that offense is just so different now without tank Dell. They're missing Nico Collins possibly as well. This weekend, the Tennessee Titans defense looks competent enough. Rabel is going to scheme it up enough. Will Levis has that team playing with a little bit of a swagger. You still got Hopkins. You got to deal with, you got to deal with Derrick Henry. You got to deal with Ty J. Sharp, the rookie as well in the running back. Spears, sorry. Yep, sorry. Thank you. But I like the Titans here in this spot at home. Texans kind of reeling after last week against the Jets. Hit it down. Take the Titans. Favored by three in Tennessee, at, in Nashville, at Nissan Stadium. Go Titans, go. Let's do it again. Let's let's try to go 12-2-1 and one, uh, next year. So we got Tennessee and Atlanta, both favored by three in their respective games. And that is our Lee Corso locks of the week. And we'll be back with our week 15 picks. 
All right, now, so we got our week 15 picks. Last week, Dave, you were two and three. I was three and two on the year, 38, 31, and two for me. Dave's 37, 32, and two. I mean, we've done well, right? We went, we were uh, hovering around 50, 50. You've caught back up. You know, it's going to be back and forth. So our five picks this week, we've got our first game, Pittsburgh Steelers at Indianapolis Colts. I am going with the Colts in this game. I do not like where the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball enough. I like the Colts trying to keep pace, go eight and six, be in that playoff race. Indiana, Apples, Colts. Uh, I'm going with the Steelers on this one. You know, every time we want to bury the Steelers, they find a way to pull off a win. I think they've heard everyone burying Tomlin and, and they come out fired up. Anytime you think you've got the Steelers figured out, they do the opposite. So I'm going to take the Steelers in this one. Riding that train. Here we go. It's Enjoy it because I was on it earlier. Just enjoy. Next game, Denver Broncos at Detroit Lions. Dave. Hmm. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Lions on this one. I think they bounce back after that. Uh, after that tough loss to the Bears. They're at home. They don't have to deal with the Colorado winter. And I think we might have one of those games from Russ where he somehow throws three interceptions against a really bad defense. So I'm going with the Lions to to cover four points. Yeah, I'm going to go in the opposite direction here. I'm going Broncos. I think that defense is going to do enough. Jared Goff's been on a little bit of a roller coaster up and down right now. I think that defense is really struggling. I like Denver to keep it close enough, either win or lose by a field goal. If that I'm taking Denver, go Broncos support that AFC West. And you know what? They might even actually, they're one game behind the chiefs. So who knows? They can win the AFC West. We'll see. Next game, Chicago bears at Cleveland Browns Browns. Favored by three and a half. That half point for me, I'm taking the Bears. I'm going to roll with them. Justin Fields, I, I'm going to regret it probably at Sunday, probably around 2.30 Eastern time when I'm like, why am I so dumb? Justin Fields has thrown two picks. He's also rushed for probably about 80 yards on that Browns defense, even though I think they're a little bit depleted. I like the Bears. Keep a little bit more momentum. They're five and eight. They're talking about playoffs, which I think is crazy. They just need to worry about the next game. And they should be keep losing because they want a better draft pick. But I like the Bears. That half point for me is enough. Bears. I am going with the Browns on this one. I'm wacko for Flacco. They're they're they've got injuries, but I think they will have enough offense to outscore the Bears. I'm going with the Browns. I love it. Wacko with Flacco. Let's do it. Let's make those shirts. Home field, can you do it? Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Green Bay Packers. Packers favored by three and a half. I think we're both leaning the same way here. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning Bucks on this one. Just really did not like the vibes from that that Packers performance. Buccaneers, I think, keep winning to put themselves in pole position in that AF, NFC South. I, I think there might be a correlation here with Christian Watson too, right? He was out last uh, on Monday night. He's probably going to be out this weekend as well. I think that hurts Jordan Love. You know, he's just relying on a lot of young players and he's young himself, right? In his career. I do like Tampa as well uh, with three and a half points, getting those three and a half in Lambeau. And our last game, 
the marquee matchup. Dallas Cowboys at Buffalo Bills. I've been back and forth. Bills are favored by one and a half. My mind is telling me yes or no in my body. Who you got, Dave? Ah, man, I've gone back and forth on this one a bit, too. I think, you know, ultimately, when it comes down to it, I'm going to go with the home team on this one. And with a line that that low at one and a half, I think that's just where I'm where I'm headed on this one. I think I'm going to go with the Bills to squeak out a win in a very close game. I am going to make it four games for us that are going to be different. So this, this is going to be interesting. I like the Cowboys. I've been back and forth like you as well. I think Dak needs to have another game to just kind of solidify that MVP race and be atop as the front runner. I think this is the game. The Bills defense has been playing well enough, but I think your defense is going to control Allen enough. He's going to play well as well. Have a great game. But I like the Cowboys in this. They are just, they're playing well, man. And I like the Cowboys to keep the momentum. Although they have been great at home, I want to see them on the road. And I think this is the game. Cowboys. Cowboys. It's going to be an interesting uh, weekend of football. 16 games in four, five days. Always is, my friend. I am really looking forward to our week. 15 games as always the playoff picture will probably be a little more clear maybe not we'll see but uh dave any last minute things as we uh about hit the road got 64 more regular season games my friend we got to make them count let's enjoy the weekend and happy football happy football everyone sounds drive <laughs>